name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. If you are trying to have a successful garden, then there are simple rules that you need to follow. So you need to make sure that your plants get plenty of sunlight and water. And whatever you do, you don't let the weeds take over. It's gardening 101. If you let the weeds grow to maturity, they're gonna hog the water and the nutrients from all the good plants. And you'll find that the weeds will spread faster and grow quickly if you don't pull them out early. Such gardening advice is so basic that one would think that the creator of the world and the designer of the Garden of Eden itself would have known it. And yet he gives very different advice than Gardening 101 in today's Gospel. As Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field, but while men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared also. And the servants of the householder came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then has it weeds? He said to them, An enemy has done this. Same thing I say when I walk out and I see the squirrels have been eating my tomatoes. An enemy has done this. The servant said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them? Because that is gardening 101, after all, to pull the weeds. But he said, no. Lest in gathering the weeds, you root up the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. So leave the weeds in there. What kind of gardener does that? We see that Jesus isn't giving gardening advice, obviously, but he is doing something else. But what? What is Jesus doing here? When it comes to the parables of Jesus, we have to remember that he is not interested in simply telling us about stuff. He's not just teaching us about God and about theology. But in his parables, Jesus is doing something to his hearers, for both his initial hearers and also still to us, because his word is living and active. So he's not just telling us about stuff, but he is doing stuff to us. So like the parable of the sower, for example, from last week, Jesus wasn't simply describing different kinds of soils that we should avoid being. Because dirt doesn't get to decide what kind of dirt it is, last time I checked. The parable, though, is Jesus chasing away the birds from the soil. It's Jesus cutting back the thorns and tilling up the stony soil. In telling the parable, Jesus is making good soil out of us. And so also in the parable of the Good Samaritan, Jesus isn't simply telling us how to be good, because we knew that already. We had the law before Jesus even came. But Jesus is telling the parable because he's showing us how dependent we are upon him to do all the saving for us. 
So in the parable of the Good Samaritan, Jesus is putting us in the ditch so that he can be our Good Samaritan and save us fully. And likewise, in today's gospel, Jesus is not telling us about the world. He's not just telling us that there happen to be weeds and wheat in this world, there's good and bad, and that, by the way, there will be a final judgment in the end that separates the wheat from the weeds. Jesus is telling us this parable to do something to us now. But what? In the parable, there are weeds, the, the, the children of, sorry, in the parable there are wheat. I wrote this wrong in my sermon. This would have been very bad for you if I just In the parable there are wheat, that is, the good children of the kingdom, as Jesus says. The wheat are the good children. And then there are weeds, that is, the law-breaking, sinful children of the devil. Simple enough. And they're growing together simultaneously in this world. And at the end of the age, the sinners will be gathered up and thrown into the fire where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. But why would Jesus bother telling us that? If you're wheat, then good for you. Things will work out well for you in the end. You will shine like the sun in the kingdom, verse 43. But if you are weeds, then too bad. It's the fire, weeping, and gnashing of teeth for you. And there's nothing you can do about it. That's key. After all, last time I checked, weeds don't turn into wheat. And wheat don't turn into weeds. They are doomed or blessed from the time they're planted in the ground. And at the close of the age, the Son of Man will send his angels and they will gather out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all lawbreakers and throw them into the fire. So are you wheat or are you weeds? And how do you tell? It should be simple enough to determine, right? You think about corn. It might be hard to tell if baby corn is all that different from grass, but after it grows, there is an obvious difference, right? Corn is much taller and it has corn on it. And so it is for us. Are you wheat or weed? You have to look at your fruit. What kind of fruit do you have in your life? Is it the good fruit? of a righteous and holy child of God? Or is it the sinful, law-breaking fruit of the devil? Have you loved God above all things and loved your neighbor as yourself? Have you feared, loved, and trusted in God above all things? Or is your fruit more weedy than that? crawling with lust, anxiety, and selfishness, doubting, coveting, and anger? How is your fruit looking today? If you measure your life 
and find bad fruit, then it doesn't look good for you. Remember, the angels, as Jesus says, will gather out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all lawbreakers and throw them into the fire. And the Greek there for lawbreakers is those who do against the law, those who break the law. We call those sinners. He's going to throw all of them into the fire. The fact is, when we look at ourselves, we find lots of evidence of weeds and bad fruit, don't we? Sure, you might find some good fruit as well, but is it enough good fruit to be sure that you are all wheat? Are you willing to stand before God at the final judgment and say, my life is pretty good, so good in fact, I don't need a savior. But if you have any weediness at all, it's the fire for you. When we look at ourselves according to the law, we find weeds and plenty of cause to despair and to fear the eternal fire. According to the law, we are seed of the devil and deserve only fire. It is a hopeless picture for us, isn't it? After all, weeds can't change themselves into wheat, no matter how hard they try. So why is Jesus telling us this parable? So we just worry until the final judgment? Of course not. Remember, Jesus isn't giving gardening advice. He's not telling us about the world, how it's full of sinners and good people, nor is he telling us about the church, how it's a church with sinners mixed together with those sincere Christians. No, he's not telling us about things, but he's actually doing something to you. Because in his kingdom, it's not that there are weeds over here and wheat over there, that we can somehow separate people out into groups according to them being good or bad. The fact is, sin infects us all. The law convicts us all of being infested with weeds. That's the seed that the devil sowed back in the Garden of Eden tempting Adam and Eve to fall into sin, doubt God's word, and seek to be gods for themselves. And that first sin, sin infested us all. We call that original sin. Sin that we inherit from them just by being human. Remember though, the devil doesn't have power to create things. God alone is the creator. The devil doesn't create anything. So it's not that the devil planted his evil ones in the world and created for himself an army of followers who are mixed in among us, but we can't tell the difference. Only God creates, and he only created perfect things. The evil one, though, brings death and brokenness into that creation. And so his evil seed is the seed of sin 
that he cast into Adam and Eve, and it still lives within each of us to this day. We are born weeds, and like dandelions in the spring, weeds keep popping up and spreading throughout our lives. So in the Lord's church and in this world, it's not that there are weeds over here and wheat over there, but within each of us are the weeds. Within us are the lawbreakers, the causes of evil, and sinners. And within us is also the wheat, the holy, Christian, righteous saint. Jesus isn't sending us out looking for weeds in everybody else, using the law to point out their sin and trying to clean up the fields of this world using more law. No, he will do all the cleaning. And it's not out there, but it's inside each of us. Who did Jesus die for, if not for the weeds? If you're wheat already, then you don't need saving. It's precisely sinners who need a savior, and it's weeds who need a gardener. And that gets back to what Jesus is after in today's parable. He's not giving us gardening advice, but he is killing the weeds within us. He's pulling out our sin by convicting us with his law and bringing new life in us by his gospel, causing good fruit to grow and giving all of his righteousness to us. He who has ears let him hear, says Jesus, because faith comes by hearing, after all. So we rejoice that our Lord of the harvest deals with us in mercy, not throwing us out in the fire as our weedy sin deserves, but takes our weeds upon himself and dies for us. He speaks his word to us, giving us the gift of repentance turning us from our self-destructive, weedy idols, daily killing our sinful desires, and daily fertilizing us with his gospel, making us good wheat each day as we bear good fruit in our lives, as we serve all those around us. In the name of Jesus, amen. We stand for prayer.